Good morning. Welcome to BTC Devotions. Being the change means being transformed by Christ. As we go into today's devotion, before I get started, I want to start out with a few things. Number one, I want to invite you to the website um, to purchase books as we're going to through this 21 days of fasting i'm going to which means we're consecrating ourselves for uh to get prepared to what is it that god want to say to us and how we should enter into this next couple year this next couple months we'll look see we have 365 days in one year couldn't you give up 21 days or 31 days just to hear God's direction? Isn't it important to know where God, God may be leading you or how to do some things differently? So on the website, um, there is something specific, a specific book that I invite you to pick up and talks to you about prayer and fasting, which is God's chosen fast. Um, and in it, Specifically, it tells you ways to fast. How many of you know fasting doesn't mean I just stop eating? It means whatever I'm doing. It can mean that some of us may need to um, pull away from social media for uh, 21 days or 30 days. And instead, what you do is seek God or listen to his word or listen to some sermons or read your Bible during that time. Some of you may say, hey, I'm, I'm going to not go out to the club for 30 days or I'm not going to drink for 30 days. And instead, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm, I'm not going to be in, uh, go out to fast food. I'm not going to spend for 30 days. Instead, whatever activity it is, you want to replace it with God's word and with some time and with your relationship with God. So that's all I'm going to say about um, that right now. So today we're going to part two, and I invite you to listen to part one on choosing God's way versus my way. Specifically, today we're talking about living a life above reproach. What does that mean to live a life above reproach? First of all, we need to understand what does reproach means. Let's see. Reproach is defined as shame or dis disgrace. That means that is there something that someone can say about you, which I'm talking to believers, that may question whether you are a believer or a Christian is there is it me smoking blunts drinking clubbing wilding out are those things questioning whether or not I'm a believer let me specifically go to the scripture and I know that some people use the scripture for church leaders but as a believer we represent the body of Christ. So in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Therefore, 
an overseer, which means somebody living in a household, you're, you're a leader if you're leading your children, if you're leading your household, if you're, somebody's following you, must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and able to teach. What is it that you're teaching? in your own household? What is it that you're teaching with the people that are following you on your job? You may say, oh, this only applies to a church leader. Well, I thought you said you were a believer or a Christian. Aren't we supposed to be Christ-like? Well, let's, even if you say that, let's go to Colossians chapter 3, um, verses 7 through 10. And it says that in these you too once walk when you were living in them. In other words, he's talking about the things that you used to do. But now that you are Christ, he said, but now you must put them away. And he lists them anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practice and you put on the new self, right? So if we say that we're living a life above reproach, can somebody accuse us? Can somebody question whether or not we are Christian by the things that we're doing and we're saying? Father, as we pray today and as we go into this devotion, speak clearly to us. Allow us over these next 21 or 30 days to form a habit and a pattern of living our life where we're choosing your way versus our way. And in that, we're living a life that doesn't bring shame or disgrace to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me specifically say that if you want to have a limitless God and you want to see God move in your life tremendously, then there are some things that we're going to have to stop doing. Number one, in one of the things that can stop us from moving in a place to where God is leading us is because we fear things. As I said yesterday, we fear the unknown, which is false evidence appearing real. So I'm saying to you as if we're living a life above reproach, we don't have to fear God. The Bible says in the scriptures of Exodus 14, verse 11, it says that then they said to Moses, is there no graves in Egypt that you have taken us, that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What is that that you have done to us by bringing us out to Egypt 
Did we not say you will serve Egypt and leave us alone? Let us serve Egyptians. See, when we live a life above reproach, you know that God is directing you. Meaning that when God brings you out, you don't allow a circumstance or situation to cause you to go backwards. That's where you're choosing God's way. Instead, you begin to, I would like to say, you begin to um, tear down the enemy's self-talk, self-doubt, whatever those words is. And you begin to choose God's way and you begin to understand. Number two, there is no need of doubting what God says when you're living a life above reproach. Here's one of the things that you should see. In Exodus chapter 14, verse, I'm going to start at verse 24. It says, the people grew discontent. And they grumbled at Moses saying, what are we going to drink? See, you don't have to doubt all your needs being met when you're living a life above reproach and you're choosing God's way. And then he cried to the Lord for help. And the Lord showed him a tree and a branch, which he threw into the waters and the waters became sweet. And the Lord made a statue, an ordinance, in order there to test him, saying, if you would diligently listen and pay attention to my voice, the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, listen to his commands, keep him at the foremost in your thoughts and in your and actively meaning in your activity, obey him and all his precepts and statutes. I will not put on your, put on you any diseases, which I put on the Egyptians. So as you can see, there's no need to doubt because now I know that I can trust God and the, the last scripture that I'm going to, well, the next to the last scripture, if you'll allow me to say, that I'm going to give you is Exodus chapter 20, verse 18. And it says it like this at verse 18, and you don't, it says it. Now all the people witness the thunder, the flashes of lightning, and the sounds of the trumpet and the smoke in the, the mountain. As they looked at the people, as they looked, the people were afraid and they trembled and they moved backwards and stood at a safe distance. Let me say this. There's no need to go at a safe distance. Usually when there is an area of shame, an area of uh, where you don't want anybody to know what you're doing, if you've been out, I know me, when I've been out or I've been doing something wrong, I've been chasing. Normally, I want to sit in back of anybody that I know that's a believer or anybody that's go away from anybody that's going to tell me the truth. When you're choosing God's way, 
you don't have to move at a distance. You don't depend on somebody to tell you what God say. You're able to tap in to what God says. You're able to tap into God's favor. So therefore, you can live a life above reproach. Now, I want to close by saying this. In 1 John 1 and 9, it says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous so that he will forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Meaning that we know that as believers, there is no one that's perfect. There is no one that does not sin. There is no Christian that lives an entirely sinless life. And the Bible even goes in at verse 10 that says that if we say that we have not sinned, we make God out, out into a liar and his word is not even in us. So if that's the case, that means that in our sinful habits or our behaviors, we don't want to be looked at as someone that's not maturing. See, that's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. A Christian meaning that I confess what I do on a regular basis. A non-Christian is I habitually sin, meaning that that's my, my the way I operate. That's my standard operating procedures. I don't really care about anything that I do. I have no conscience because my heart has been seared. But as a believer, as God brings things to us, we're to correct it, use the word of God, that's the reason why we said um, BTC is being transformed by Christ, meaning that as the word of God, Jesus brings light to any sinful habits or patterns of my life that's outside of his word. I begin to repent, meaning I make a U-turn. I begin to ask God and the Holy Spirit into that area of my life and ask him, to come alongside of me, which that's the, what the Holy Spirit does. It means to come alongside and to help me, to guide me and into that area, into victory. So right now, today, and I'm talking to believers, those that know Christ, I want you to, whatever you're doing right now, to begin to repeat out to me, Father, I thank you for forgiving me for all my sins. I, I thank you that there is no sinful thing that I've done that the cross of Jesus and the blood of Jesus haven't covered. Now, show me this year and show me this day a better way to, to live. Uh, I want victory. And you can specifically put the area of where you're struggling with over this area. Help me to do things differently from this day forward, Jesus. I'm inviting you in, and I'm asking by the power of the Holy Spirit to set me free from these sinful habits. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you believe God for that, you know, you can, it says, the Bible says that whom the Son set free is free indeed. So now you can walk in freedom and in victory. Now, I'm inviting you 
if you prayed that prayer as a believer to form an accountability partner, which is someone that's another believer, and you begin to do these devotions together, even as I'm, or listen to the word of God, um, and begin to confess certain sins. James said that if we confess our sins to one another, we can be healed. So that means that there's somebody that you trust that you can uh, run by your sins and they can pray for you. Lastly, I want to pray for those that don't believe. Now, if you don't believe, it's simply because you don't know. And what I'm saying to you is God has sent his one and only son that loves all of us and that he's come here to live his life on earth to show us a right way to live. He died for every single one of our sins, for our past, our presence, to show us a greater way to live. But in order for you to have a relationship with the Father, it must come through His Son, Jesus. And if you're going to have victory over stress, over all the things that you were doing, and to be shown your purpose, it must come through Christ. How do you do that? It's going to start through a simple prayer. Just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I need you. And I'm asking you to come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe you died for me, and I believe that you rose from the grave. Now, from this day forward, take control of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as you can see, choosing God's way versus my way, I can live a life above reproach by choosing him. Have a wonderful day.